Welcome, everybody, to the Games Talk Live podcast. I am Jay Fonzarelli. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Got a couple of great guests, uh, of course, uh, from PM in the PM, right? And, and the Fun Speculation podcasts. We've got none other than Pong Soul here and Mav. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Pong, Yo. how have you been? Man, I've been doing really well. I haven't Pong. seen been... you in a long time. Yeah, it's been literally like 45 minutes an hour, something like that yeah. already. <laughs> oh, man, it's been crazy today. <laughs> that was that was fun, Fonz. It was a pleasant surprise to have you over on the Iron, Lord, Iron Lords with me as well. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, man, I've uh, been busy. Uh, real life work is uh, really, really ramp ramping up. Um, but I've uh, been having a great time gaming. I've uh, been fortunate enough to get in some gaming. Um, obviously, Diablo 4 has uh, been the mainstay, but I did take some time off. And funny enough, Fonz, your whole entire intro reminds me of the game I'm playing, which is Arcade Paradise. Um, this is a game that dropped at the game. Heard a lot Pass. about this. Yes, it uh, is set in like the 90s. And you take over a laundromat. Your dad forces you to take over a laundromat. In the back, you find that he had a couple arcade machines. And then you play this kind of sim economy game where you got to balance out doing laundry, making money, and getting the arcade up and running, which you can start making money off of too. It's very well done. It's published by Wired Productions, who do a lot of indie stuff. Uh, but your whole entire intro, exactly like that. It just cracked me up when I was watching it. But uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Arcade Paradise uh, on top of it, and a little bit of Sword and Fairy, which is a Chinese uh, Eastern-flavored uh action rpg um and it's really really good sword and fairy together forever so that's what i've been up to Fonz. but i'm glad to be nice. here tonight thank you for the invite brother nice. it's always good to be here with mav my other of course brother. mav yeah you've been man what you been so, up to right? brother oh at first <laughs> before lot, you man. even talk i guys I, I i apologize mav is not in his studio <laughs> Because, again, like he was on here the first time many months ago, last year sometime, he can't be on his studio because for some reason my program that I use here to record all this doesn't work with his PC. I don't know what it is, but for some reason this program will not allow him to join on his computer. So that's why it looks a little different. He did not redecorate. He is not a big Care Bear or Rainbow Bright fan. No. Well, uh, well, okay. Well, well. All right. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, maybe that goes yeah. along with the Baldur's Gate bear talk later. We'll we'll talk yeah. about that. But Mav, welcome, brother. Welcome. It's tender heart bear is my favorite. Um, yeah, uh, I am coming to you from Fancyland uh, here. Nice. This is my wife's setup, and uh, it's a little unorthodox for me. I feel out of place, but I'm here ready to have great conversations. Uh, I'm super glad that regardless of if my stupid PC that I desperately want to get rid of um, it doesn't work with your program, I'm still able to be here and uh, in whatever form. I appreciate so you. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, when you told me Pong was going to be here too, that was a disappointment to say the least. Uh, I knew it was coming. No. I knew it was coming. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was coming. No, I was super happy about that. It's awesome, man, because you know I love Pong like a brother. Uh, same to you as well, Fonz, and this is well, going to be a blast. It's it, what, what I wanted to do here is because I've been, I, I, in case you haven't noticed, the past uh, three episodes, I've had a couple of guests on, not just one, but two right. guests. It's been really nice and refreshing to get a third opinion and, and just the conversation keeps flowing. 
and I was DM'd and told by, uh, by many people already that they like the conversations that are being had here. Not that I'm going to go totally away from doing a one-on-one. I will do some one-on-ones here and there, but I do like how the conversations are going with more than one guest. And it's been awesome so far. Uh, last week had a phenomenal show, of course, with Colt and Hargeet. Um, this week we got Pong and Mav. And again, th- this time I wanted to do something a little bit different where I wanted PM and the PM to come sort right. of hijack GTL, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and that's what we got going on here today. If you guys don't know, they have their podcast, PM and the PM, every Thursday night. I believe that starts at 8 p.m.? 7. 7 p.m. 7, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Eastern. Yep. So check them out Thursdays. And of course, Fridays, you've got the Fun Speculation podcast with about 50 billion panel members on there. Okay. <laughs> they I rotate might be in exaggerating. and out. <laughs> they rotate yeah. in and out. We have different got a rotating family. family. You know? Yeah. It's well, whoever's available for dinner. <laughs> you know, Mav, this does remind me of the time when uh, Caitlin's mom started telling you that I sounded better than you with my mic. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember sauce. that. It caused, me to, it caused me to get a new mic. How it was actually after sir? that I was DMing Fonz. I was like, hey, Fonz, how does your mic sound so good? Uh, septic sauce, which is Gaz in the chat, says Fonz likes yeah, threesomes. Gaz. Ooh, well, we'll try not to disappoint Oh, my God. Uh, all right. Pause on that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and just, you know, sit here and talk about something else, Gaz. Okay. We won't get into that. Um, let me get these super chats uh, really quickly here. I got Brigadier's Blue every week. He comes through with a $5 super chat and says, busy night again. So I'll catch the show tomorrow. Usually he's at the gym. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, as always, Fonz, I'll be looking forward to listening later. Appreciate you, Brigadier's. Uh, great guy. Great supporter of the show every week. And, of course, Mr. Gaz from Game On Daily. He says, he's celebrating his 21 months, and he says, I just want my kids back. Don't know what that's in reference to, but no, you can't have them back. They're mine now. Uh, Talk to your lawyer. I I don't want to know what that means (laughs) when it comes from Gaz. mm, Yeah. (laughs) It could mean a plethora of different things, yeah. and yeah. all of them are not good. Just not Correct. good. Do we need to send out an Amber Alert? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he means by <laughs> it. I'm not touching it anymore. I'm, I'm backing off of that. When was it uh, they weren't Gaz's kids to begin with? Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. You know, all right. Pong, you and I were on the Iron Lords podcast just about Sir. an hour or so ago. Yeah. Uh, did a nice long podcast with them. As usual, they go four plus hours. You know how it is there with uh, the the host, uh, Mr. Beefy. I mean, Cognito himself uh, <laughs> and what he does over there on that show. Look, they are. it was so much fun over there hanging out with them. We were talking about a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about here today. Hopefully, we can bring some fresh stuff into this. Uh, podcast as well. But in case you haven't heard us over there, everything will be brand new here. Uh, But they were getting into a little bit of uh, Red Dead Redemption and what we're hearing with rumors or strong rumors that Red Dead Redemption, the original game, would be remastered. Mm. And, you know, you and I were talking on this. And one thing I had to say about it, we're both uh, really big fans of the the game and the franchise. uh, But I personally, like, I personally wish that they would just remake the game and and mm-hmm. show it some proper love, not remaster. And this will get into a bigger conversations on remasters in general because 
I kind of take issue with a lot of remasters that we do get nowadays. But on this issue, uh, well, on this subject, uh, we're talking about Red Dead Redemption. For you, like, what would you have liked to see them do with this? Or what would you like to see them do with this game? If it's just a remaster, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in line with you. All things considered equal, if it was possible, of course, I want to remake, right? And you already rdr2 uh, engine mm -hmm. the rage engine i would love to see that right of course but all things considered if this is just a remaster then i simply want it to carry forward and it you know obviously it does through backwards compatibility and all that kind of stuff but i want it to carry forward for future generations but i want rockstar to do a good job that's what i you know that's that's my main point i have reservations about this because of how rockstar treated uh the gta uh remasters that they put out right um because of that i don't want that kind of you know half-assed attempt i want them to treat like you said Fonz, like that's why you say you want them to remake it treat red dead one with the respect that it deserves for being one of the greatest all-time games to many of us including myself that that it should be given that quality of life upgrade um and so if they're just going to push this out the door the same way they did with the gta trilogy um and call it a remaster and say here you go uh spend another 40 bucks on this like no i'm not good with that right so if i if i had my wish if they're gonna do the remaster please do it correctly as you know the fidelity wise frame rate wise get all that in there i want them to put undead nightmare which is one of the greatest dlcs ever made in my yes. opinion for a game that should be included in this um, with the same treatment that they're going to do for the main game um and then give me a complete package and again i don't mm. have a problem necessarily with remasters as long as they're done correctly or right that respects the original otherwise like i've said if you're not going to do that just like they did they didn't do with the gta trilogy then they should have left them as is didn't just leave them to history you know people that can play them wherever they can play them great but just leave them as they are don't touch them because you're not doing anything um positive towards the 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 lineage of that game or that that uh, franchise so i would just rather them not do it if they're going to do it that way for sure the gta remasters are are, are the the worst remasters ever Terrible. for any game they're yeah. they're freaking horrible and i love grand theft auto games i would have mm -hmm. loved to replay some of those games all of them i mean but they were just trash hot trash um just so bad especially i remember when they um they had to fix the rain because when it was raining remember? you couldn't even see what was going on on yeah. the screen pretty no. much it just looked terrible it was it was so bad and I'm not saying they're going to do something like that with this. However, no. you've mentioned we do have the back compat on Xbox yep. for Red Dead Redemption, and it mm -hmm. looks and plays phenomenally well. It does. Yeah. And, and, and it was looking and playing great on last-gen hardware, mm -hmm. you know, on the One X. Um, so it, it's crazy to me to think that all they would do is just basically give us an up-res version of this game and slap $40 on there and, and send it out the door. I don't want that at no. all. I want, I wish they would just make a, an, an entire remake of this game. Yeah. Make this look stunning. As, as good as Red Dead 2 looks, at least, at the very least, right? Because Red Dead 2 is an older game now. I can't still. believe I'm saying that, but it still holds yeah, up. It looks, still, yeah. it's probably and, and one of the best looking games one. there is. Yeah, in 2. Correct. So 
Correct. It's right there. The, right. What they've built there. Yeah. Already. You know what I mean? I, I think there's a lot of assets they can use from two to yep. help a full on remake. It wouldn't be as big of an undertaking as some people think. I, I don't, you know what I mean? So it would make more sense to do that than just a remaster. I think with, uh, with red dead. Um, yeah, man, tell, GTA, tell me your fe- feelings on all this. Cause I definitely want to hear what you have to say on this stuff. Yeah, the GTAs, uh, they were really lazy with the remasters. And I think that put like an asterisk next to any time you hear, uh, not just from them, but the word remaster. You know, like it's like remaster, remaster, remaster. I don't want to pay for updates. You know what I mean? Because we've gotten so many games where we've had free updates that are better than the remasters that other companies are trying to charge for. Right? Where I will give Rockstar some praise is the GTA Five. Um addition uh for next gen consoles or new gen consoles is actually really solid and they only charged at launch like twenty dollars for that so that wasn't as big of a deal as i think some and it's really impressive when you play it it's 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 really good so um they've done some things better than others but remastering those old gta's was just it was just trash It, it was it was trash they shouldn't have even let that escape out of their quality control or anything that's just a disaster so um i think there's other aspects to this when you look at companies that have done remasters right um mass effect legendary collection right they it wasn't a full-on remakes uh they added more to one you know but two and three were kind of more remasters as well and that was highly lauded as an amazing experience right so uh, that was great value for, I think they charged 50, 60 bucks or whatever. You got all three games and they put a lot of work and effort into it. And they kind of brought the Mass Effect franchise back to uh, back to life a little bit. So there's ways you can do it right. Remakes also, uh, Activision had done Tony Hawk. They did a great job with that remake, I feel like. Um, so there's examples where you kind of have this like not full on reboot of a franchise, but bringing it up to current standards. Something along the lines of that for Red Dead Redemption 1 is what you need to do, I think. And um, it's, it's, I would, I want them to spend more resources on updating Red Dead Redemption 2 as opposed to 1 for me personally, just because it's already so gorgeous. It's just kind of held back by frame rate and stuff like that. So yeah, if they could update that a little bit, 60 maybe frames add mode. the remake. It should have happened already, right? Yep. So add red uh, sixty frames to Red Dead Two, and then uh, support the online more, and then make a Red Dead Three, right? It thir- it sold over thirty seven million copies. So some people say, well, it's not as big a success as GTA, whatever. Other companies would dream of selling a game that sells thirty seven plus million copies, right? So Red Dead Redemption Three will be a massive success whenever they decide to get to it. Um, but I don't want them to just ignore that for the sake of uh, cash grabs on old remasters too. So if they can find the balance there, I think it's worth it. It's frustrating for Rockstar. It's frustrating to me when it's a company like Rockstar who is yeah. basically printing cash at this point. And I understand this is a business. Again, we talk about this all the time. It's a business. If there wasn't money involved, we wouldn't get the games that we get. But at the same time, you do, I think or should look back at the history of your company and the games that brought you to this point and give them the proper respect that's due. Mav just brought up Mass Effect. Mass Effect 
when they redid the legendary edition introduced it to a brand new group of people that never played the originals steel rain who's in the chat my brother from another mm -hmm. he played mass effect for the first time in its best light and it became an instant goat franchise for him right he had never played mass effect before rockstar with how much money they make and the fact that they have the ability to go and they have a ton of talent. Yes, I know a lot of money is being poured into GTA 6. Don't get me wrong. It could be our first billion-dollar game. We don't know, but it could be. But at the same time, go back to your history. If you're going to do something, do it right. That original Grand Theft Auto trilogy that, you, that they remade with Vice City and San Andreas, um, they could have redone that the right way in the vein of a Mass Effect and there's a whole couple generations of kids who, yes, they know Grand Theft Auto. Of course they do. They're all playing GTA Online, but they've never played the originals. They only hear it from us older guys, like how great Vice City was. If they redid those, it would be a money maker for them. Yes, it would take time. Yes, it would take some devs. But of course, it would still be highly successful. But they look at everything going on with GTA Online, what they got going on with GTA 6, and then just go, yeah, we're just not going to do it. We're just not going to put our time and effort into that. I, that's what's sad to me for a company like Rockstar. It's crazy to think how many Rockstar games we used to get. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back to Max Payne and stuff, um, we and they had some bangers. Bully. Uh, yep. You know, now it's like one every eight to 10 years, you know? Yeah. Um, Midnight Club, you even had like that table tennis game as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, oh, that's they were right. Midnight Club. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was a huge thing back and then. And now it's just racing's part of GTA, kind of. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's fine. But, you know, look, obviously they've been milking that cash cow that is Grand Theft Auto V for so many years now. I mean, right. this, this goes on for 10 plus years already. 180 million that. copies <laughs> and and this is what we were talking about on the on the iron lords it's like you know king david kept asking me like well what if they kind of you know put out a grand theft auto and it really didn't you know they didn't push the boundary or whatever i'm like why wouldn't they have the capital to do that they've made so much already um you know because one of the points he was making is would they have to take some money and split it up to go over here with red dead would they have to allocate this much over here to grand theft auto? i'm like they've made billions on grand theft auto 5 you don't need to allocate they've got enough yeah. money for the next 20 freaking games and then some like correct it's correct. it's insane how much they've made and then you made the point pong that they've made more than some small country or small islands or you know have made you know and it's it's crazy that it, Rockstar yeah. is just a money-making machine. Grand Theft Auto, as soon as six hits, it's going yeah. to outsell anything we've ever seen in this industry before. Guaranteed. It doesn't matter. Nintendo, it doesn't matter. Uh, something that dropped on every platform out there. It don't matter. Grand Theft Auto 6 will sell more than any other game. It, I, it'll be the biggest be day one game ever. Period. Yeah. Fonzie. Yeah. Day one, that first day, we're going to get reports about how many people called out of work, just like we used to with Call of Duty and stuff, right? It's yep. going to have that kind of impact the day yep. that that drops. Absolutely. But when it comes to- Do you to have a crazy astronomical number you think it could actually reach in the first like weekend? Oh, what what is the most a game has made on a weekend right now? It's got to be a Call of Duty, right? It's got to be like, what, 20 mil, maybe? I have no idea. Maybe I, it could be like a Nintendo game. <laughs> uh, I don't know. 20 might be kind of high for a weekend. Uh, but 
I could see maybe this, like five to ten. I could see this there. easily making between five and ten mil uh, the first very first weekend easily. Well, you got to. You got a couple pre-orders in there. Cyberpunk 2077 had 13 million pre-orders. There, there you go. So I'm telling you, this is going to hit yeah. close to this, 20 This million. could hit 20, yeah. 25, maybe even 30 out the gate, like first weekend. Easy. Easy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm just showing the 1X version of this Bat Compat remaster here of Red Dead Redemption. Mm -hmm. And it looked great. Uh, but here's the problem I have with a lot of remasters. Usually... Um, when the games drop, especially if you know the game and you've played it recently, and then you go play the remaster, say even a year later, there's nothing new there with a lot of these remasters. So, and I know a lot of people say, well, they don't want a lot of change to the game or whatever, but there's gotta be changes, like it, some really big changes in the way it looks or controls something along those lines with remasters. And it seems like lately we've got, gotten a lot of lazy remasters. Oh yeah. And I just don't care for that. Even with a good remaster. Okay. Dead space is a great remaster or remake. I should say remake, yeah. but there's, there's not much there that has changed. Like every jump scare moment I knew about as I was playing through it, because I, I just recently played the Dead Space franchise just like a year and a half ago. So playing through that remake, I was like, okay, whatever. And that was a remake. But they at least did change some things up in there where you can uh, fly in some certain areas or float in certain areas and stuff where you couldn't before or Isaac couldn't. Um, but again, with a remaster, you got to at least visually or mechanically get, improve and exponentially improve if we're jumping, uh, you know, a generation or several generations, which by all means, Red Dead Redemption is jumping, you know, a whole generation last year. It's, this is this two generations now. So I want to see it look really, really good. I just don't want to see an up res. We've gotten that sure. here with the Xbox back compat. So... I don't know. Yep, we don't want a uh, Nintendo remaster, you know. A Nintendo remaster, yeah, no. Yeah, you know, and they just like upscale the resolution a little bit and release it. it. Yeah, no, we don't want that. Bucks, you know, we don't want no. that. Even even at forty bucks, I don't want that. I want, I want it to look a lot better. I, I, I want them to again make it look like Red Dead Redemption Two. You have the engine there. Just do it. You can use some of the assets. I'm sure you can. There's areas in that game, uh, in the map, where it's essentially Red Dead 1. Use it and just work off that. And, you know, yes, it's more work, but guess what? You can even squeeze more money out of people with a Correct. remaster like that. Yep. Instead of trying to force somebody to pay $40 for an up-res version of the game. Like, that you know what game needs you. a remaster, funds? What game? Uh, Final Fantasy 16. Oh boy, here we go. Eh. Really? Oh. Yeah, Caitlin's 720p. You know, uh, 30 frames per second uh, in performance mode. A lot of times, I think they could do better than that. Remaster it. You know, let's go. He said, "Remaster it." Oh man, no, well, they not, like this, it. not like this, Mav. Not like this, Mav. They can resell That's it as stuff. the official high definition version. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. No. Director's cut. <laughs> 
Let's Final not, Fantasy 16. Look, I, I'm playing Final Fantasy 16, and I think it's a decent movie. Okay, leave it alone. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. it's it's um, it's definitely a decent game, but it does have its shortcomings. And I don't understand. We're getting a lot of games even coming out now that are like, uh, you know, supposedly next gen, yet they're running at 720p in performance yeah. modes at you know using fsr to bump it up the resolution I, i'm not down with that i i think it looks awful i i think it's 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 a blurry mess with some of these games and jedi survivors kind of similar jedi does me. the same thing yeah no yeah. jedi i don't is, get it those games like that have no right to be these new biggest games that everybody's no. been waiting for and launching like like with that and really fidelity wise it doesn't really change the narrative too much compared to what we've already been experiencing we talked about red dead redemption 2 that was a last gen game and and i still have hardly seen anything that looks as good as that you know so when these no. the games come out it's like finally games are pushing the boundaries like eh, yeah they are a little bit with some kind of uh lighting choices and stuff like that but is that a good enough trade-off for nope. great performance and uh and um resolution on some of those games and not, not for me at least you know uh maybe for some people but i'd rather play my games really smooth and optimized and not not really struggling to live up to the developer's vision yeah um but as, as far as like remasters go uh I, I think we're just getting too many of them i really do yeah. like uh, what do you think this is, Pong? Do you think this is a case of maybe some development teams just don't have any new ideas? Or or is this a case of, you know, hey, we really want to go back to this and really show it sh some love and give it to a new generation of gamers? I mean, which one is it? Because at times it feels like it's the latter and... Yeah, I mean, it could be a little bit of both. I mean, that's not a wrong answer, Fonz, per se. Again, it's going to depend on the team. It's going to depend on the publisher and the reasons behind it. Obviously, again, it's a business. So at the end of the day, they must see dollar signs somewhere that they think they could find a new audience and get enough of the old audience to come back again where it's going to make fiscal sense. And yeah, you don't have to come up with a brand new idea from scratch, right? You don't. It takes all that initial work, dev work out of the way and you just focus on redoing the game that's already there for you. So I think that sometimes it is a quick, easy kind of, you know, I don't, I hate to call everything cash grab, you know, at the end of the day, I think that there's some love and passion behind it for certain projects. Again, EA could have easily done less with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, still put it out, and a ton yeah. of people would have bought that thing, right? A ton. But they actually did treat it with respect, and it shows and it shines through, and, and most of us all appreciate it for what they did. So I think there is some of that to there as well. But yes, I just... You know, for me, I don't mind them because at the end of the day, it's a choice whether or not we're going to buy it. Sure, you could say, well, that dev team could have come up with something brand new I could be playing. I get that. But at the same time, I do like the fact that some older titles are given a second go around from time to time with potentially new audiences that maybe, again, never got to play them. Just hear it from us that did play them. And they go, God, I wonder why everybody talks about that game. I do like the idea of some of those franchises carrying forward. Not everything needs to be remade obviously that's that's for no. sure there's games that can be certainly left in the past but i think that there is some there there is a value to having those games even in a remaster form versus remake forward uh remake form come forward as the generations go by so i, I think it's a little bit of both funds to answer yeah your question. 
no, and and you're 100 percent right when you say that not every game needs to be remade no. or remastered. No. Look at The Last of Us. That's a prime example. The game when it was remastered, it was like, okay, this is cool. It's it's a much more playable version. It's better. And then they remade it, and I'm like, what's the point? Like, why? This is yeah. not that old. And no. I, that's when I look at games, I'm like, okay, how old is the game? First of all, that's one of the things I look at. And then I look at, you know, how big was this game? Last of Us is huge. I get it. But it wasn't that long ago that this dropped and it still plays relatively the, the, the same, you know, even with the remake. Sure, they've added some stuff, which I'm, I'm cool with. Um, I've not played the remake yet because I refuse to spend that $70 for a remake but I'm sure you can get it cheaper now. And I, I eventually will play it because um, I do love that first game. But yeah, not all, all games need to be remade or remastered at all. Um, Red Dead Redemption, I, I think that one remastered is stupid. Remade is a whole different story. I think they can really add to that because again, we have a Red Dead 2. It looks and plays better. Update it to at least those standards. That's all I'm saying. Mr. J, Mr. J, uh, you know, he said this earlier. He said, I'm glad it's just a remaster. Making it realistic will kill the charm for me. I don't agree with that. I think the game itself was supposed to be uh, ultra realistic even back then. I mean, it's uh, th that's the best we can do in graphics back then with Red Dead Redemption, basically. Yeah. Um, if you look at Red I Dead Redemption, the boundaries 2, when it came out, there was yeah, nothing like it, right, Fonz? Exactly. And Red Dead Redemption Two did the same thing for Part Two. Yep. I think pushing it up to there would make it a much better game, um, much better. Now, where they could could excel, Rockstar is changing the controls a bit. Yes. For all their games, because all yes. their games have this old GTA style, you know, shooting mechanics and. Mm -hmm. That stuff needs to be changed. They need to work on the controls of their games for sure. They've got everything down pat, though. Graphics, animations, stories. But it's it's the mechanics of the game itself that needs tweaking the controls. Agreed. And I think a lot of us would agree with that. You know, most yes, of us. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Um, let me get to the super chat here. Uh, from Angry Hippie. Thank you for the $2. He says GTA 6 will sell 3 million pre-orders. Oh, it'll sell a lot more than 3 oh, million. Oh, yeah. A lot more than 3 million. I hope there's that that's missing a zero because it's potentially going to be 30. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 going to be one of the biggest games ever sold yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, let's talk about Final Fantasy 16. And it's it's funny because this is a topic I was, you know, getting into it with people on Twitter when the numbers had come out and they said it had sold 3 million yep. and people were saying, that's great. That's awesome. That's good news. And I was on the other end kind of going, I don't know about this, but they're like, no, it's only on PlayStation five though. So it's different. It doesn't have all the other consoles. It doesn't have Sony's true. last gen consoles. While that is true, 3 million is still kind of low in my opinion. I'm like, I don't know about this. And now the numbers have come out to show that, there has been an 89% decrease in sales of the game. So 3 million was basically all the people that really wanted to play this game, it seems, on the PlayStation 5. Because 89% drop is huge. Yeah. That's a huge drop, people. Yeah. Yeah. What do you attribute this to, uh, Mav? 
it not being Final Fantasy. <laughs> hey, at the, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I mean, like, here's the thing. I, I was kind of really looking forward to this game. The trailers are great and all that stuff. But then as we started getting closer to launch, um, I started seeing more of this stuff. And I'm like, is this just an action game now? Like, because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Final Fantasy guy. I didn't really like Final Fantasy 15 that much, but... I, I played every Final Fantasy back in the day, all the way uh, through the series up, and then I even played fifteen, even though I really didn't like the direction that game went. Um, and this seems like it's more of trying to turn Final Fantasy into something that's appealing to a different kind of gamer, as opposed exactly to growing Final Fantasy from what it is and slightly evolving it a little bit. And when you take something and you just try and morph it that dramatic. Uh, to fit and, and like take a square peg and try and fit it into a round hole, right? It's just, it doesn't have, not everything has to be like everything else, right? It, and I get they're trying to go for more mass appeal and all these kind of things, but that's not what made Final Fantasy great to begin with. You know, that's not what turned it into the kind of game that became ultra popular in the first place was chasing a trend of, was popular. It was original, right? They they, so they became the forefathers of that JRPG genre that really transcended everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is taking that, and it's kind of saying, well, we don't care about what we are anymore. Instead, we want to be like everything else to appeal to the masses. Now, do they do a good job of it? It seems like a lot of people really like the game, right? Because it's action base it's more uh driven with uh set piece type stuff as well and it's got an open world but then you know you're more about uh dramatic battles and and there's not as much rpg deep elements there that used to be in a lot of the uh uh final fantasy games so if you're a more casual gamer you're more into like immersive type cinematic experiences you're gonna probably like this game a lot but there's a core audience out there that kind of sees this game and they're like, well, this isn't what I want for final fantasy. Right. It's cool that there's a game like this, but I don't want final fantasy to become this, you know? So, um, it's kind of like maybe I heard them talking about on this on iron Lords. And we talked about this the other day too. Uh, maybe it'd be a good idea if they had just kind of splintered off into a separate franchise, you know, uh, with this and kept more tr- of a traditional Final Fantasy. Um, and maybe that's the idea behind the remake of Final Fantasy VII as they're kind of going to go with that, maybe with some remakes and stuff like that. I, I don't know, but um, I'm not trying to say this is a bad game at all. I have not it's played not. it yet, but I've seen enough to hold me back from diving in right now because I'm not going to pay full price for it. Um, the performance as well is an issue for me. A game like this, again, has no right being at that level of performance i i get they're trying to go for spectacle the visuals and all that kind of stuff but this isn't like the ambition of a starfield right uh this is more just cinematic set pieces and and uh open world single player environment where you go around and do side quests and missions and stuff like that True, and, so, and and the open world i have to say in quotations open world because it's more like this these small hub worlds it's correct. it's yeah. not very right ma- it's not massive so the scope is definitely nowhere near starfield i don't um, understand how this one can't be 
they couldn't have had a mode that was at a consistent 60. And like it bothers me what they're having to do with the resolution in order to get the 60 in the battle sequences, right, on the performance mode. So I, it's just something I'm like, well, I'm just going to wait on it. I'll get it later when it's updated more. Maybe it comes out to Xbox and, and PC at a later date, and I'll play it in its best form. But right now, I'm going to wait on it and uh, not worth my money uh, for the kind of game it is. I've, there's already a lo- several games sort of like that on the market. I, I didn't want that for Final Fantasy. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's not a bad game at all, Mav, but it's not a right. Final Fantasy game. It doesn't feel like one to me. It it feels like it feels more akin to like a Game of Thrones game to me than than a Final Fantasy game. Um because I'm watching play out this now it is set in you know, this Final Fantasy universe and it talks a lot about, you know, certain things, crystals and stuff that that belong in that world, but Overall, it just does not feel like I'm playing a Final Fantasy game. I thought the mechanics and and the gameplay that they had in Final Fantasy VII Remake was much better than this. I love that game. I I think I think the 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 style of gameplay that they implemented in that game should have been the way they went forward with Final Fantasy. Uh, Pong, you mentioned yeah. something on. The Iron Lords, you said that you felt that this should have been a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah, 100%, I, man. Yeah. I, I think that would have been the way to go. If you're going to, like I was saying over there, if, if you're going to experiment, it's fine to experiment. It's, it's fine to evolve things in a franchise. Fan, Final Fantasy has been doing that for a long time, right? Again, we yeah. went from strict turn-based, really hardcore kind of RPG to now Final Fantasy 16 in its, its form. And they've had everything in between on top of it. So it's fine to experiment. The problem being is this feels like in a lot of ways they went from take they went from having an RPG with action aspects elements to it to an action game with RPG aspects to it or elements to it um limiting what final fa- limiting what that that original final fantasy feel actually was about because of course a lot of its atmosphere a lot of its story a lot of its character driven final fantasy always been that way but there is that part of it too that people who pick up a final fantasy game even the more action-based ones like you guys both brought up like final fantasy 7 remake where they kind of had a a combo platter or even 15 which was more action-based too they still had a semblance of final fantasy in there but this one seems to have gone too far the other way. And I'm going to say that, and this is not a slight, again, I haven't played the game. This is from the outside looking in, just watching videos, listening to people, talking to people who played this game, all this kind of stuff. And as somebody who played the older Final Fantasies a lot, what it, what it kind of feels like is that when I say an action game with RPG elements, it feels like they tried to take Final Fantasy 16 and cater this to the Sony PlayStation players specifically. Right, because we have a lot of those. We get Horizon, God of War. They all are action games with RPG light or RPG little elements to them. Not full-fledged RPGs like Final Fantasy is known for. So when you go that drastic, you are going to run the risk of alienating um, a large portion of your fan base who's who's been loyal to you. And like I said, it's fine to experiment, but that's why I say it would have, would have been better to spin this off as like, well, it's still in the Final Fantasy universe, but we're 
we're trying something new here, but I don't agree. worry. We still got a mainline fan final fantasy coming your way. Don't yep. worry about that. Right. I think that would have gone over much better than this one did. And listen, another little piggyback off of what Mav was talking about final fantasy, the franchise as itself, the fact that they, that they decided or whatever, the, whatever the reasoning behind it, that they decided to go this route with final fantasy. If it was to try to appeal to more people, Final Fantasy used to make RPG fans, right? That's how important Final Fantasy was. They didn't go where the fans were. The fans came to them because so many people were talking about Final Fantasy. There are people that never played JRPGs until they finally picked up a Final Fantasy, whatever number it was back in the day, and they fell in love with that style. Now you're telling me that Final Fantasy of all, of all the franchises out there, Final Fantasy is now trying to go find new fans by adapting to them. That's what worries me a little bit about the decision-making within Square Enix. It's almost like they don't trust their games enough anymore because of the position they put themselves in. Financially, they are heavily reliant, obviously, on a lot of Sony bags being dropped off. They're heavily reliant on Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO. Without that game, Square Enix would be dead or sold already. So I think that that loss of trust in what they do best. And I'm, I'm just speaking out of turn. I'm speaking out of school because I'm not in there obviously, but it's just my opinion that that lack of trust with even their mainline final fantasy franchises, it just goes to show you what kind of decisions that these, the people in power at square Enix have done over the past decade kind of put themselves into. And that's yeah. what worries me about this. Cause I don't want to see, I don't want to see square fail again. I don't like their decision-making, Right. I, I hate it. I hate what they decide to do and, and skipping Xbox all the time and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I don't want them to fail. They, they're a mainstay. And well, I want Final ask, Fantasy to succeed. Let, let me ask you something, Mav. Um, from what you've seen uh, from the gamers around us that have been playing this game or have finished the game, uh, do you think that this will have you seen more people talk about negatively on the game and, or or positively and what has the reaction been to most people with this game? What have I you think seen? Critically, it's appreciated and well-received for what it is because I, I still feel like regardless of what a game's trying to be or whatever, you should review and, and critique a game for what it is, right? That's yeah. why I'm not out here trying to say it's a bad game, you know? I just don't think that is what a lot of Final Fantasy fans are looking for, and that's what... Uh, I've seen mostly from the from the most of the diehard Final Fantasy type players is like this is too much of a dramatic shift away from what we're used to because Final Fantasy guys, you know that it was a big deal every time a Final Fantasy game got announced and got released, right? Like it and it took years yep. before we would get one. It's not like we got a an annual release thing, you know, so. Whenever they announced finally that next Final Fantasy, it was like, oh, when is it coming out? And it's like all this anticipation and stuff. And each one of them was a was a damn big game, you know. Uh, this one feels more like let even with the marketing and uh, everything leading up to it, it feels like it was more uh, widespread of a mass approach, less catered to the fan of uh, fans of Final Fantasy, and uh, that's coming through with what I'm seeing now. And now, yeah. like to talk back about the sales aspect. I don't think any of us know what Square's expectations are right now, right? Uh, being that it was on one platform, 
Now, what we can look at is the history of Square Enix and what they've said after they've made similar decisions in the past with making games exclusive, and then they've sold below other games that they've made. And a lot of times it's come with disappointment in their financials and stuff. So uh, all we know right now is that with the 3 million in its first week, or whatever, compared to 5 million from Final Fantasy 15, which was multi-platform, right? Yeah. Now we have to look at that. And 5 million was over a shorter period of time. And I don't think the sales dropped off as significantly as they did with this game either. So when we look at that, it's like, okay, what game had longer legs? What game uh, drove more hype? Was it because it was multi-platform? Square is the one that makes that decision to accept that money from, from Sony to make that game exclusive, right? So the only question we ha- I have for them is, was the money you got from Sony to make it exclusive to PlayStation worth those $2 million in sales over the first week? Yep. I would have a hard time believing that that they got paid enough money to make them lose out on two million in sales potentially. So the idea that well, it's only one platform, so that's pretty good. But when you look at the past, and you would also expect the game to sell better than the last version of it, right? So you know the market's supposed to always be growing and all these kind of things. I I I have a feeling that the three million would be a disappointment to them. Um, and I, I got a question again, like I have numerous times. Square's decision to accept these deals and make their games exclusive on one platform or another on big brands like this, because it's not just um, alienating your sales right now. You're also alienating fans that could become fans of the franchise that now just are maybe going to never care about it in the future. Like if you only own an Xbox right now, or you play only on PC, this game came out, you miss out on the excitement of the launch. It may come out a year later, two years later, the time has passed, right? Other games are going to be coming out. The whole excitement of the launch of Final Fantasy, it's never going to sell on PC or Xbox like it would have had it been there day one. And that's just yeah. a fact. And that happens with all these games that they bring out to other platforms later. So when they look at it and people say, well, Xbox guys don't buy these games. Xbox guys don't buy those games or, or, or PC players don't care about that. If they launch consistently on the platforms day and date eventually the there would be more fans to play those games you have to have the foresight of fostering your fan base right yeah and final fantasy created a an, an entire fan base around a brand that fell in love with jrpgs when people say jrpg the first thing you think of for most people is final fantasy right yeah. and now it's an action game well, see, with very little what, RPG elements. Yes, I, and that's why I was saying that the evolution that it took with Final Fantasy VII Remake, the combat there, I thought was a good one. It was a good trade-off there. And, yeah, and you, you still had that quasi sort of, you know, um, J- JRPG element to it where, you know, it was t- almost turn-based, but it wasn't. Um, you had that element there. And what just happened, I, I see you in chat. He goes, Final Fantasy was talked about on every Xbox podcast I'm li- I've listened to. Well, first off, this is not just an Xbox podcast. Second, uh, welcome to a podcast that actually talks about games and not about uh, a corporation necessarily or, you know, I'm sorry that a PlayStation podcast you may listen to does nothing but talk about Xbox, okay? And don't talk about games. That's what usually happens over there, I'm sure. Um but here we're talking about the game because we enjoy games. We all like games. And as you've heard of uh, us all say here that we like Final Fantasy. 
Um, so, and there's many Xbox gamers out there that would have loved to have Final Fantasy on their console. Um, maybe not this Final Fantasy, but a Final Fantasy game. We've been looking forward to remake forever now, for years. They've been saying, oh, remake, seven remake is coming. I couldn't wait. I went and played on PlayStation because, hey, I, I'm a multi-console owner, so I can do that. And that's what I you know, implore you to do as well, what just happened, instead of just staying within your own bubble all the time. Expand your horizons, play other things, do you know, listen to other podcasts and stuff, but just, you know, be a gamer, stop, stop being a fanboy. Um, we're, we're here to talk about the games because we love games and we love the hobby. So, um, yeah. So with final fantasy though, Mav, um, I, I think you're, you were spot on with your assessment on what people were thinking about this game and stuff. I think it comes down to, um, a lot of people kind of waiting to see what it was going to be like, because I, I, there's got to be a lot of trepidation with, with a lot of gamers out here that have been looking at Square Enix and what they've been providing us for games. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of bad games from them. So they're probably like side-eyeing the, the company and like, oh, well, I'm just going to wait and see with this Final Fantasy, especially after 15 and stuff. A lot of people didn't care for that one either. But the game came out. A lot of people are saying, hey, this is not like your Final Fantasy that you remembered. And obviously there's a lot of people out there who just decided I'm going to stay away from this one. And they're just not picking it up because it's not what they wanted. Um, if this is the case, Pong, if this is the case where most gamers are, you know, most Final Fantasy fans are saying, this is not my Final Fantasy. Do you think that they'd go back and kind of go the way of Final Fantasy VII Remake in terms of combat mechanics? It's a good question uh, because common sense doesn't work with Square Enix, um, and that's ah. a problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to judge that. With a, with a different dev, with a different publisher, sure, I could probably say that they probably would listen. Um, with Square right now, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just present it from this, this uh, perspective then. Um, I would want them to, Fonz, and I want to hope that, that they would. They would take the criticism that if these sales are disappointing to Square Enix, which we've heard nonstop from them, uh, especially out of the Western devs that they one time had, um, every game was disappointment to them. If the sales do continue to tumble off, and let's say they don't get a second win, they don't have any legs down the road, um, and this becomes a lower-end selling Final Fantasy, right, of yeah. all time, then I would hope that Square would look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, well, we tried to do this thing, right, for whatever our reasons were internally, we decide to go with, you know, Devil May Cry type combat, we decide to take out some of the RPG, uh, a lot of the RPG aspects of our game, uh, and we tried to find a wider audience, and we've been told, no, that's not going to work. Um, I think that they realistically, from a business standpoint, they would have to, even if it, if you're just going to say Square is so focused on numbers or whatever the case may be, bottom lines, then it, they definitely would have to look at that and say, okay, maybe we do need to shift direction again and bring it closer, like you said, in line with the Final Fantasy um, VII Remake um, and kind of do that hybrid action RPG turn-based kind of system so that our old fans, you know, which is a large group. Again, most Final Fantasy sell over 10 million copies. They come back 
when we introduce this next Final Fantasy because we're going to show them that we did hear the criticism and we're, we're not going to just continue to push forward stubbornly. So I, I would hope that that's what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and again, you were 100% right when you talked about how this should have been a spinoff. I believe that too. Uh, the main line, uh, main line game should be more like the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I, I thought that was just excellently done. That's the best Final Fantasy game they've released since ten. Yeah, it's so good, and I can't wait for the next one, the next remake installment, um, Rebirth, Reborn. What what is it called? It's whatever Rebirth, whatever it is. It, it it's it's coming out. Rebirth. I can't wait for it. I know the you know uh, the guy that was in our chat the the playstation guys probably uh shocked to hear that we're waiting for that game too we can't wait to play it um i bought final fantasy 16 day one because i thought it was going to be uh, a much better game do i think it's a bad game no i still think i'm having fun with it again if i didn't like the story though i would not like this game i wouldn't because i, I first of all i'm not a big bayonetta fan i know that's a shocker and a lot of people hate me for it but I'm not a big Bayonetta fan. I'm not a big Devil May Cry fan. Um, but I like the story in this game. And the combat, is it's okay. And by the way, I can't stop looking at your controller behind you. Isn't that just a gorgeous controller there? One of the best controllers ever. I, I swear. Yep. Sidebar, people. But when I got yep. that controller, when I finally you know ordered it and it came in, I opened the box. Yep. Just the whole presentation pulling out that controller, feeling the grips, looking at the triggers and everything about it is just beautiful. You Some like of the best quality of work I've seen. <laughs> you got the nail polish controller. I yes. Nail, this is the nail polish the OP. one. The OP no, one or for whatever. me, for me, and I've said this before, I've never bought a controller outside of a pack-in controller yep. unless I needed a second one for Correct. somebody to play with me. Me too, Fonz. I've never bought a customized controller until the Starfield controller. That's how much this game means to me. And also, I love the aesthetics of this yes. whole game. Like, yes. I, that that retro sci-fi appeals to me. Like, the retro, it's like retro futuristic sci-fi. It's like yep. the 70s and the, the future just melded together. And I, I can't wait to play the game. But it, it's such a good controller. People go out and buy the controller so they can send me another check. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Uh, but yeah, guys, I, I, you know, look, I hope the best for Final Fantasy, but I can totally see Square Enix not being happy with these sale, sales whatsoever. Even if they sold 5 million that first week, they probably still would have said that it was, you know, bad because they're, they're really hard on their games. Yeah, I see you still, still rain. He says, uh, Devil May Cry. Uh, is still top five IP of all time. Yep. No, I I don't I don't hate it. It's just it's it, I I don't care for it. Like, uh, I, story does a lot for me in games, and the Devil May Cry story and like the goofiness about it and stuff just don't appeal to me. Um, the combat's okay. I, I I don't even think that's amazing, but that's just me. That's a me problem. What's funny? My favorite Devil May Cry game is the one that Devil May Cry fans hate, which is DMC, the one made by Ninja Theory. Oh wow! Really? Okay. Yeah. It was a cool, it, different take. On it. Cry fans don't like it because it, the aesthetic changed yeah. quite a bit and stuff like that. But like, I I love that one. That yeah. one was awesome too. Well, of course, you guys know, and I bet every Xbox fan out there knows, especially those that follow Aaron Greenberg. It was announced that they're going to be at Gamescom this year, coming back to Gamescom. 
So Gamescom is August uh, for 23rd through the 27th, 23rd through the 27th. And if people don't know, Gamescom is like the world's biggest game show, video game show. Like it's, it's, it's bigger than E3. Like it's, it's huge. So it's going to be there. Uh, Xbox is going to be there. My question to you though, uh, Mav, is what do you think Xbox is going to bring there? Do you think they're going to bring anything, any big guns there, or is this just going to be typical Xbox showing? So I, I would originally would have said, Oh, you know, Gamescom, they just have a couple th- little things and, you yeah. know, they show their uh, show kind of more in depth of what they've already shown before and stuff like that. Um, this year feels a little different. Um, and mainly for, because of a couple examples you can point to after the Xbox showcase, Phil Spencer and Matt Booty had an interview with, um, giant bomb. Um, and they were talking to Grub and stuff, and he alluded to the fact that when asked a question about updates on other games that we haven't seen yet, he's like, we have other opportunities this year. We have Gamescom, and we have the Game Awards, right? So there's just from that comment alone, and then now you add up to uh, Aaron Greenberg, and I think his tweet was like, I'm re- we're really excited. We have uh, awesome plans or something like that. I But it was different than like, Hey, we're excited to go to Gamescom. You know, we're gonna. You know, it turns out also. I think Phil Spencer's gonna be there as well. So, I got. I just got this feeling that this year is more about taking advantage of more opportunities to uh, show more of this gigantic slate of games that they have in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know earlier this year they had a surprise game with Hi-Fi Rush that. Um, unless you were one of the insiders that put the name out there, nobody had ever even heard of it before, right? Um, so that was a surprise. They had an awesome developer direct. They had arguably, or for me, it's not even arguably, but I think the best Xbox showcase of all time uh, this year. Definitely up They there. had amazing uh, game after awesome game, new game reveals, uh, updates on existing games. They were confident and happy about it. They did the interview after the fact and talked candidly about a lot of stuff that they have uh, that they're excited to show. And uh, I think Gamescom may be an opportunity to take a couple of those things and highlight them. Now, I don't know if it's going to be the biggest stuff, right? But I think it's going to be more than we've gotten before. So I don't know. I think they got something for it, man. And uh, maybe they'll do another dev direct around that time, like August, uh, September, September could have something around that time um, to showcase some of the games coming early next year and maybe another more focus on Forza or something as well. So uh, Age of Empires 4 is supposed to have happened this year as well on console. We haven't seen that yet. That would be around the time they could potentially announce that as well. There's lots of different things, man. I'm thinking we're going to get more stuff than we have at games, any Gamescom prior. Good point. And and to be honest, uh, the last couple of times they've been at Gamescom, I don't remember anything special happening. No, yeah, at all. Last they, year, was last year they had like long sit down play stuff with different games, and they they were live for like eight hours or something ridiculous. And you know they just had sit down stuff, and they had a stage, and just different developers came on and talked and stuff like that. But I think uh, this time they might have a little bit of something else. And is it and, and is it telling to you that Phil Spencer is going to be there? Do you think that 
you should read into that at all? I think so. Yeah. You know, this is a huge fan event. So, you know, there's, there's that part of it, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't, and I could be wrong. Maybe he always goes to Gamescom. I, I, I don't think so though. You know, I, it just doesn't seem like it. And, and uh, they got so much going with their business. If, if FTC thing comes through and ABK closes as well, yeah, the level of excitement that the next time we're going to see anything from Xbox at any kind of show is going to be a big deal. And, right? and that so, should be Gamescom. Exactly. So maybe they're going to talk about a little bit of stuff to do with that, what what their some of their plans are. They could announce some the games going into Game Pass from the uh, from the catalog. There, there's a lot of things that are possible. We just don't have all the answers right now, but. I think they're confident they have some stuff to update us on based on the interview that they had. Yeah. Pong, how are you feeling about Gamescom? What Mav said um, is, uh, no, I think uh, this year, it's back to business, funds after the ABK initial um, announcement of the acquisition and then the process that we've been in for a year and a half uh, over a year and a half, almost two years, um, kind of put an anchor, as everybody well knows, on Xbox, really kind of, you know, slowed things down to, uh, you know, not even really a drip out of the faucet some, at some points for Xbox. And, you know, it was tough. Uh, last year, especially 2022, was a real tough year. And I think that now that all the cards are on the table, we're close uh, to the uh, final buzzer sounding on this ABK stuff. Uh, hopefully, cross our fingers. Uh, next week, we should have some big answers. Um, I think it's back to business, and that's why we had this great showcase. That's why they're out here with 40-plus-minute directs for Starfield, their biggest launch in decades. So Gamescom, like Mav brought up through that Giant Bomb interview, you know, Booty had pointed that out as one of the spots that they could definitely show some things to us. And they didn't show us everything at the showcase, obviously. They've got so much in the pipeline. Now, do I think there's going to be any massive announcements there? No, I don't think there's going to be any massive announcements there. That's things that you hold for your showcases or your directs or whatever the case may be. But do I think they could sneak some small stuff in there? Absolutely, I do. I think there could be some surprises. May they've got another Hi-Fi Rush uh, size game from somebody else that we weren't aware of that they can sneak out there during games gamescom as a surprise um maybe they've got some partnerships with some european developers that we haven't heard about yet we did hear about people can fly uh they just signed that deal with them for uh, a 50 million dollar plus project um but maybe they've got some other ones that have been in the works for a while that they're ready to reveal again perfect time you're over in europe europe is an important spot for xbox uh where they're doing good but they're not doing great, right? They're falling behind PlayStation over there. So that's important territory to them. So maybe they do something like that. And then I think, you know, Phil being there, Greenberg being there, this being a little bit extra hype, like just a little bit coming off a huge showcase and a direct that blew everybody's socks off. All of a sudden Greenberg's out here like, telling us what we already know. This is going to be a special year for Xbox. Well, yeah, we know that, Greeny, but it sounds like he's alluding to the second half of this year. Yeah. We know we got Starfield. We know we got Forza, right? But maybe there is something else in there that they're going to show off, you know, potentially. Um, and I think then, of course, it's going to be a massive push for Starfield. That's the last week prior to launch. I I put this out there in Iron Lords. I talked about this the other night with Mav2 as well. Maybe, maybe now that ZeniMax is underneath and Todd and his team are underneath Xbox. This isn't their MO to do this, but maybe they actually have 
Starfield on the floor for people to try out at this Gamescom, which would be gigantic because you'd be getting live reactions from media members, from public, people who actually got hands-on with Starfield a week prior to a dropping. I think that's still a big potential, and I think Todd's going to be there as well uh, to promote it. So um, I think this is going to be a little extra. Uh, again, I'm not saying anything massive or mind-blowing coming out of Gamescom, but I definitely think we got some aces uh, coming our way out of Gamescom. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think we're all on the same page, whereas we don't believe that there's going to be anything mind-blowing being shown there. Nothing huge, yeah. but we're going to get, uh, you know, some little stuff here and there, little announcements too. Um, if, though, the ABK deal does go through before Gamescom, that will be massive in a sense to where they could possibly have on their stage many different, you know, titles from Activision, Blizzard, whatever, you know. Um, but even better, they can make a lot of announcements going into Game Pass there, you know, from those studios as well. Um, and that's it's a lot of franchises. Um, yeah, and, and again, for people out there that don't know, I, you know, I, I'm not thinking about this from an Xbox fanboy standpoint, but I'm thinking about it as a consumer and as a fan of Game Pass. I want more content within Game Pass. I, I want more value. So, of course, I want this to go through so I get that value. Um, so I'm hoping that does happen yeah. sometime this week. You know, I hope that verdict You mean comes you're just down. not rooting for a corporation? No, unfortunately, that's that's not me. I actually have to I have to toe the line oh. if I want to get a check. Yeah, I was um, gonna say no, you're gonna go pay Xbox. Funds. Yeah, <laughs> woo Xbox. Phil Spencer, Aaron Greenberg. I know you're watching. Uh, did Mav freeze? Oh, there he goes. Nah, he's back. He's back. Um, I've got Mark from the Just Gaming podcast with the five dollar super chat. Thank you. He says, 200 watching, only 90 likes. Come on, people. Give Fawn some love. I appreciate that, Mark. I don't sit here and e-beg for things. I don't do that. But I would appreciate if you do like the show, give it a like. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really do uh, appreciate that, Mark. Um, I've got a couple other Super Chats here that I want to get through. Um, Risk It for the Biscuit stopped by earlier with an $8 uh, Super chat. Um, it's actually, um, what is Kanga doodles or kangaroo? What, what, what do they got over there? I don't even know what kind of, you know, money they got over there. The currency is just strange, but I know that seven ninety nine translates to, to at least a hundred dollars here. Uh, cause it's very really? expensive there. Yeah. Really? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, he says he's about to take off. Have a great show. Fonz Pong and Mav shout out to Gaz, Timmy Hargeet, Boba all in the chat. Uh, and, and all in the chat. Uh, don't take any photos. <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? Don't take yeah. any photos. Yeah, you can't have any photos going around because otherwise they're going to be investigated. Oh, so, so yeah. <laughs> if so I see an executive with a camera, I'm going to run. Oh, <laughs> I got you. No, I hey Greenberg, I'm willing to take photos with you. I I don't mind. Uh, I, I I need some shoes, so we can do that. Um, Parksy, 1972. I think I said that right. Uh, with the two dollar. Chat says, um, Fonz, I, I always listen next day. Love your content. Thank you very awesome. much, brother. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, we are uh, back on track. Oh, wait. Gaming Forte is coming through. Oh, Forte. Gaming Forte. Forte says, Fonz, I miss your face, bro. Well, I miss yours too, and that's why I have it on the screen. I'm going to keep it up here all show. Right, right here. Right there. <laughs> right next to you. That's I'll just keep, what a, I'll what just a nice wait. face. 
Hold on, hold on. I'll keep it right here. There we go. Wow. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Just for you, buddy. Uh, Gaming Forte. I'm. It is a little extreme. It's kind of scary, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not you, Forte. You're you're a beautiful man, but um, yeah. Anyways, hopefully we don't get the other guy that likes to throw super chats in here with the other face, the the real scary face. Um, oh. Past two weeks, he's come in here and done it, and yeah. No, yikes. You don't want that. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, we're talking about Gamescom. Uh, yep. I'm looking forward to them show, just showing something new. You know, it doesn't have to be huge or anything. Um, but for me personally, I wish, and I said this on the Iron Lords again, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself for some of you, I would like to see them really show some combat for Hellblade 2. Like, that's a big show. Show us some combat there. You 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 got us with the weird trailer in you know at, at, at your showcase, and you had people like myself take whole points off the show because of it. Do us a solid. Come back and give us some proper gameplay. Show us what Hellblade Two is like, the combat anyway, because that's what a lot of us are hoping for. Like we want to see more combat in the game. Because that's really what's going to drive sales for the game, whether or not the combat is much improved, as they say. Because there's a lot of us out there who feel that the first game lacked in that area. Plus, we feel like, okay, the, the walking around the puzzles and stuff was just a little too much. Maybe show us that action and that it is, you know, much better. So we can get excited and and possibly buy the game. I mean, that's what we want to see. Especially if it's like you hear all these rumors that it's pretty much the game is done. It's in polishing uh, stage. Show that combat. Show it off. Alphonse, uh, I just want to see more behind the scenes mocap. That's it. Yeah, you know that that was crazy when they showed us the you know the trailer, and then people were saying, "Oh wait, they're gonna have a deep dive." They're going to have a deep dive tomorrow. And so we all waited. And then they showed us the behind the scenes on how they made that trailer, the mocap. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, really? That's yeah. what we got? I want to see more Iceland. Yeah, I want to see more rocks yeah. in Iceland. Over Overhead drone shots of Iceland. <laughs> National Geographic. I like that. It's nice. But it's yeah. Great. I mean, chat, I, don't you want to see more of uh, Hellblade 2? Don't you want to see the combat finally? That's That's what many of us want to see. I want to see what they spent money on. I think they're playing with you a little bit here, Fonz. I think they're going to have an explosive reveal with a big direct for Hellblade 2, and I think that they're going to blow people away with the combat potentially. I think that they might be hiding it a little bit, and as much as people want it, and as much as people are disappointed not to get it at the showcase, which is understandable, I think that might be a little bit of a tactic from them, Ninja yeah. Theory. And I think they're getting some of the other stuff out of the way. They're showing it how they want to show it, but when it comes to the direct, when it comes to that big-time spotlight they're gonna blow everybody's mind and say this is what you all been waiting for here you go here's combat yeah right they and got I, plenty I of time still there. yeah they got they do have plenty of time for it too, they're so. definitely trolling us i'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> it, it's definitely a troll because yeah i, they know. I mean it, it has to be at this point because yeah. i mean i'm showing the trailer that they showed now and it's just it's not exciting people it's just not i mean she crawls through the rock comes out the other it. end just walks around, stares at a puddle, and it's not good. 
This is yeah, not what that, you show at your showcase. Anyways, the audio was nuts. So if you had your headset on, oh, audio like and visual, that, I was like, they wow. did. It was great. It looks yep. incredible, and and nobody's gonna take that away from uh, uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory can make a, a, an incredibly beautiful game. We've seen that in the first. Um, this is just one upped. You know, they've one up their first game in terms of visuals. Uh, but I just need to see that combat. That's what I need to see. Because I, di- I didn't care for the first game much. And it was You'll get it. primarily because of that combat. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, besides that, folks, before we wrap things up, I want to talk to you about a little fun thing here going on. But around Twitter, one of the things I've seen anyway, and uh, we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, are you guys excited for Baldur's Gate 3? talking to the chat you guys excited throw up a one if you're excited for baldur's gate three i i i can't look myself i can't wait to play it i want to play the game i think it's going to be a quality title larian studios we talked a bit about them last week because they had come out and said that they are um pushing for 60 frames so they are not going to just rush this product out at 30 frames and try to get 60 frames going later but anyways I like all the twos going up. Like, they, come on, people. It, it, that's just because it, it, it's been announced for Xbox, guys. It's just, it's in the works. It's in the works, okay? It's going to happen eventually. But, guys, you two, Pong, Mav, you guys, are you guys excited for this game? Yeah. Well, Pong's already just got it because he couldn't yeah. contain his excitement and wait nope. for launch. <laughs> I was I wasn't going to buy another game because Starfield was coming out. I wasn't. I haven't been paying attention to Baldur's Gate as much as I would normally because I was like, no, I'm just gonna hold off. I'm just gonna wait because I'm gonna be playing Starfield. But then I I started looking more closely. Obviously, what made you start PC. looking at the game? Because I got my PC. Okay. Okay. Right? Because I got my PC, so the potential was there for me to pick it up, knowing that the Xbox version may not be out at the same time as the PlayStation 5. You know, I was like, okay, now I got my PC, so maybe I could pick up Baldur's Gate. But I was like, no, mm-hmm. it's going to be around the same time as Starfield. I'm not going to play it. Let's be real. I'm not going to spend money when I don't need to. I'll pick it up later. It's still going to be there. No big deal. But then I started looking at it, and then I started watching some more on it. I had already done a little bit of homework on it because, again, I'm a Baldur's Gate fan from back in the day. Love CRPGs. Huge fan of Larian. Divinity Original Sin 2 is one of the goats of CRPGs. Well, how they did it on console is just superb. So I was I was already excited from that standpoint. So then I started yeah. watching things. I watched that dev direct that they had the other day where they kind of blew it out, and my mind was blown by what they're doing with this game. And then I found out that they went from 40 people to 400 people to make this game. That's incredible. There, this is a triple A CRPG in a genre that doesn't get that kind of quality. So then I was like, okay, I got to get started getting serious. So I actually did already buy it from Steam and I jumped into early access today to check it out. And it's gorgeous. And it, I can already say it'll be, it should be in the game of the year conversations uh, when it's all said and done. I, I can only imagine from the beginning, if this is all the way through, yeah, this is going to be a I, great game. I, I think, Pong, that you are a, a liar. And, and the reason why is because oh, here we go. Yes, this yes, is yes. the reason why you started looking yeah. into it. Do yep. not lie to me, sir. Mm. This right yep. here is the reason yep. why. Mm. All right, folks. Yes, you are, your eyes are not deceiving you. No. Neither is it no. deceiving the squirrel's eyes. No. Um, 
that is a is a bear about to uh get it on with this person um a vampire no less a vampire exactly um <laughs> so that's the reason why right no i'm just kidding. it's <sighs> it's not but we were talking about this before the show i thought it was funny cuz it stirred up a lot of controversy uh on twitter there's people out there who are really upset about this to the point where they're saying, oh, I, I canceled my pre-order. I'm not playing this game because yeah. they're promoting this, you know. It's Zoophilia. a druid. It's a druid, people. Mm. It's a druid. And I know it's a bit weird. That's that's my opinion. I, th I think it's a bit weird to be able to go in this form and have a romance option in a game. Yet there it is. It's, it's happening. Chat, how do you feel about this, guys? Um, <laughs> Mav, when you saw that, what did you think? What was your first thought? Interesting. <laughs> I, I was actually just laughing, to be honest with you. Like, I I don't, I could personally care less. Uh, the squirrel dropping the nut just had me dying. Hilarious. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the squirrel dropping the nut was everything for me. It was just funny. I, I, I could, honestly, it's not what I'm going to be doing in the game. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Um, but this game has so many other things. I think this maybe was a mistake to show that clip or whatever, or just because it's overshadowing everything <laughs> else that they showed at the uh, whole event that they had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really but is. it's also in a, another way, it's getting them more attention than they would have gotten as well. Yeah. So, Maybe in that way it's smart. Some that, positive, some negative. Uh, Jared yeah, Bishop know, in the man. chat said, how old is the bear? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, look, it's weird. It definitely is weird. But if it stops there at the squirrel dropping the nut, it's whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, bother I think me. I, when I they just showed laugh. more of it, it was like the, the druid was trying to keep staying in bear form, but he was struggling. And maybe he had to go take a little pill or something. Supposedly, those supposedly those scenes are graphic, and they cut this all the scenes short so that they didn't even get with the bear. Supposedly, uh, wow. We don't supposedly. know what's, now, what's what, not what seen. that means. To... Yeah, we don't know what that means flat out. So, but yes, they did say that they were cutting all those types of scenes short because they didn't want to get banned off any of the social media platforms, and they still wound up getting banned off of TikTok because of the bear. So, mm. by the way. Yeah. I have an interesting, oh, wow, it's way too big now that I messed with it with uh, 4K. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I got a, one uh, super chat here from Mark, Just Gaming Podcast yet again. He says, parody is a mofo, and no, it's not committed to Xbox, but they are working on it. I, I think it, they're not saying it, but I think it's all committed but. to Xbox. It's all but. Um, but they are working on it. Um, uh, Baldur's Gate is demanding, folks, PC will have mods. True, mm -hmm. true. PC Correct. always Correct. has mods. Uh, and he sent me another super chat. Thank you very much, Mark. You don't have to do that, buddy. But he says, I'm a hump dat bear. <laughs> okay. So he's going to have he's confirmed he's a furry. relationship going on. Yeah, he's a furry. He, you know, that's he's that's cool. Do your thing, Mark. I, you know, it's it's not for me, but uh, yeah, do your thing. Hey, don't kink shame. No, we, we still can. We still can. There are lines that should not be crossed. <laughs> there's lines. Again, when you do that, then there's other lines that why not right yeah it's like beasties what... are like 
yeah it's weird that's what bothers yeah. me about it again and not enough to obviously i bought that's the game why I said it I, is a choice that's so why it if it stopped there if it just right. stopped at that squirrel dropping them because that's hilarious the squirrel like what yeah, am i watching yeah, right that exactly. adds the element of comedy and makes it funny sure. to me sure. but if it yeah. was just a serious romance sitting there it, it was yeah. this whole scene yeah. between the two was very serious i mean it wasn't yeah. like a joke so um i don't know i don't know Fonz. like i said i think there should be lines that aren't crossed um at some point i i think there I are agree. some things that we shouldn't touch um the fact that they went way out of their way to make this happen in the game does scream a little weirdness to me um this is this is the part of DD because I played DD first edition through third edition. Okay. I played pen, pen and paper, right? So yeah. DD back then did not include this type of stuff. But as we've gone on, DD's resurgence and popularity has exploded again because they've started to include some things outside of the normal DD stuff. Um, and so here we are, right? And <laughs> It's just, it, it is strange to me. Like I said, the great part is, though, you can kill off your entire party if you want to and do the whole thing solo. So yeah, if that Drew awesome. looks at me the long way, way I'm, he's, he's that, done. That's he's awesome. Done. But I got to say, I, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the no, chat. No, no, the no, chat is hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so I got to read some of these comments. The Sousa. Go. Yep. Just stay away from the picnic basket quest. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Boba Fett Gaming. Shout out to hey, you. Boo, boo, says, does, does a bear smash in the woods? Apparently, wow. that is yes. Uh, Why So Serious says, I wonder if you can hump a pony in that game. Little much there. Uh, mm. The Suze again. Can you make the bear wear yellow shorts? Shout out to Banjo, huh? That's funny. You guys are great. Yeah, yes, it's a game. Uh, it, it, it's a druid, of course. You change into bear form or whatever, but I've never seen a druid in any game change into bear form for romance options. Like, i Correct. never seen that. This is a first. This Mark says, yeah. wait, oh, you're going to read his RPG. Mark, like, Just yeah. Gaming Podcast. Thank you very much, yep. brother. He says, also, fellers, you have to choose it. You're not Correct. forced into it. Perfect. That, 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 that works out Correct. great. Uh, with 114 hours played, scenes aren't graphic. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's somebody who's got a lot of time into it. By the way, this, speaking of 100 hours, mm -hmm. this game has 174 hours worth of cutscenes. Mm -hmm. 174 hours. Yeah. You're going to be there a while. If, you, if you're somebody <laughs> to watch, uh, you know, if you watch the cutscenes like I do, if I'm interested in the story, I watch all the cutscenes. Um, so yeah, if it's a good, well-written story, I'm going to be watching all the cutscenes. Yeah. Won't be There's watching the bear scene. different animals you can turn into with wow. each their wow. long love scene. Yeah, style. hey, you might be able to change into that pony after all. <laughs> they said the main line, the game, it would be about a hundred hours. They said to do all the side quests is about two hundred hours. So a lot of those cutscenes are going to be for different yeah. situations that you will never even come across mm -hmm. because you're going to make different choices. That's what this whole game is about: is sandbox. You can do like anything in this game it's a lot like bethesda games just in a crpg form and they've gone extreme with it i can't wait this is so exciting man oh god so good and also uh biff rinaldi no i did not forget your chat buddy celebrating seven months of membership here thank you very much biff i appreciate you so much man he says less than 60 days to starfield oh excuse me starfield <laughs> there you go uh I can't wait to fire that game up 
game of the year for sure. Game uh, Xbox, please send my check to P.O. Box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Bethesda needs to cut me a check for every time I've done the Starfield bit on the show and on RDX on every other show. Um, I, I thought they already I, did, Fonz. Not 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 big enough. They need to send oh. more. Um, Sorry. But no, I guys look. Baldur's Gate Three, uh, the Larian Studios has a long history of of providing us great RPG experiences. I, I think this is going to be no different. Um, th- while the, this scene is kind of weird, and I'm sure there's other scenes with the druid that may be kind of weird as well. Um, they're not explicit, as w- was said here by Mark, who's been playing a lot of the game. It's whatever. It's 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 a dumb little thing that I don't feel like is necessary, but it's there and it's an option. Uh, if you don't want to see it, you don't have to. And uh, I, I I personally can't wait to play the game myself. I don't know where I'm going to be playing it. Most likely on PlayStation because I won't have uh, the Xbox version out by then. So I don't know. But I'll be d- deep into Starfield first. So I don't know when I'm going to get to this game because Starfield is really going to consume my life. And I'm sure you guys too, right? Yes. 100%. Originally, I was planning on getting Baldur's Gate 3 on PlayStation when I found out it wasn't going to be there on la- at launch. Uh, but then when they just pushed it back to September 6th, that's the same day Starfield comes yeah. out. And I ain't no way I'm playing that over Starfield. So I might have to pull a Pong and get it early on PC. And uh, I don't have the best PC, so I don't know if it's going to be the best experience. But... I'll get it on Xbox eventually as well whenever it comes to Xbox. So um, it is what it is. But I do think that there's another side to this. Uh, like this game's being used like for console war fodder now because it's launching day and date with Starfield on PlayStation only. So, you know, PlayStation guys are picking this up. Oh, we got our game now too. You know what I yeah. mean? And uh, I've seen both sides do it. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's just causing Xbox guys to like, crap on the game and and stuff but like i i gotta say um if these playstation diehards that never cared about this game previously whatsoever want to all of a sudden have interest in it and promote it and do all this stuff keep doing it because i want more games like this and if you're gonna promote this game that you know nothing about probably you don't even know what style of game it is and you never cared about it before you found out it was a big deal and coming out the same day as as starfield keep promoting it because i want games like this to succeed because i want more games like this it's a um dr- this is a dream come true kind of game for me not because of the bear right because <laughs> of it's a crpg from like the roots of when i uh was as a teenager playing these kind of games on my PC, um, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights and stuff like that. And to see one get this big of a budget, this large of a team working on one that we know is going to be everywhere as well. Eventually, like this is a, this is, doesn't happen every day. Yeah. We need know? more games. Like so this I want for it sure. to be a successful game. For sure. We need to see more. Um, three bit. He says uh, too many potential game of the years this year. He's right. Starfield, Zelda, Baldur's Gate, Diablo four, Hogwarts, Final Fantasy. Um, Final Fantasy. I I don't know. I don't know if that's a game of the year contender for me, Uh, but all the rest of those you mentioned, I I can totally see. 
Zelda's not really for me either, but I can see the reasons why, at least, why people have that held on such a high pedestal. You know, it's the mechanics and everything that they've got going on in that game. It's really incredible what they're doing. Um, but Final Fantasy, there's nothing really there that's new or genre-defining at all. Matter of fact, it's very light on, on RPG mechanics like we've been talking about earlier. In fact, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that uh, games like God of War have more RPG mechanics than Final Fantasy. That's crazy. That's crazy to say. That is. That's nuts. But mm -hmm. it's the truth. Um, but anyways, we're not going to go on. Uh, uh, we're not going to go on any longer here. I've got to go <laughs> myself. But uh, that's the end of the show, folks. Uh, I, I want to say thank you to my guests, Pong Soul and Mav. And Mav, sorry again that you had to come on to the show on your wife's computer instead of your own studio because he's got a really cool setup. I wish he could have been there uh, in his studio. But Mav, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, which, what you're going to be doing next. I think his dogs are going to tell us. Yeah, my dogs are. Yeah, that's <laughs> the other thing with being down here. My dogs go crazy. Um, yeah, I appreciate the invite, Fonz. I've course. been itching to get back here ever since last time. Um, sorry about my crappy PC that doesn't <laughs> like your system, but yeah. it, it is what it is. I'm glad we're able to still do this. And yeah. uh, with with my bro Pong Soul is always great to hang out. And we've seen a lot of each other this week. It's absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out what we got going on over on Fun Speculation, just go on YouTube. It's Fun Speculation. We have three shows. Uh, Mondays, we have Fun Speculation Podcast at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Thursdays, Pong, Soul, and I have PM and the PM at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then Fridays is Xbox Ultimate Podcast at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, also, you can catch uh, game streams and uh, random uh, solo streams and stuff like that as well. And we just have a blast over there. So come hang out. So if you like with what we do, you know, stick around. Uh, but I want to thank Fonz for always being awesome. One of the, uh, what you guys don't know is this guy is just an absolutely amazing behind the scenes as well. Uh, one of the best people in the community. If you like, he's helped me out with technical stuff in the past and, and everything um, as well. So um, shout out to you Fonz and you have a great show. Keep it going. And I uh, can't wait to be back someday. Ah, man. It's, it, it, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot, man, especially coming from a fellow member of the community, uh, somebody who is just a great friend. And, you know, I enjoy what you do here on this uh, platform as well. So I appreciate you, man. It means a lot. Thanks, man. Pong, where can they find you? And what are you going to be up to next? Because I, you know, I have a little birdie telling me that you might be creating stuff on your own soon. Yeah, we're going to probably get there at some point. That's why I got the PC. I didn't get the PC just to play games. It's just that's a good byproduct. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I am planning on doing more content creation and getting into that. This old dog is going to have to learn a whole lot of new tricks, folks, because I haven't owned a PC like ever like this like i've home pc sure but not this type so no. uh, this guy's gonna be learning a lot but the good news is like mav said got people like fonz steel mav obviously everybody in this community is so willing to help out new creators um and do things and so i'm gonna have a lot of help in doing that but yeah i'm eventually gonna do that so um otherwise fonz just you know honored and humbled 
to always get the invite, man. And uh, to be here with not only with you, but you having Mav along um, with the ride for the ride is just awesome, man. So Mav and I have been podcasting a lot this week. And obviously, Fonz, you and I just podcasted on Iron Lords together. So this was great. Uh, we got all warmed up and uh, ready to rock and roll. So this uh, coming week. You know what it is? You get Thursdays, PM and the PM, like Mav said, Pong and Mav and the PM, 7 PM Eastern, six o'clock central time. Be there every Thursday night, Friday nights back over on fun speculations channel, Xbox ultimate 10 PM Eastern, nine o'clock central time. Be there. And then Saturday mornings is where we get it started right for your weekend. Myself, my brother from another steel rain every Saturday morning, 10 AM Eastern, nine o'clock central time living split screen. Split screen is all one word. We are on the road to one K. We are now over 900 approaching that magic one K number. So come join us, tell a friend, bring a friend, check us out. We go three plus hours. We just went four forty-five, I think yesterday. Um, so we're always going to put on a long show. Me and steel like to talk a lot. So be there every Saturday and then Saturday nights to shop podcast. PTK Blam's channel, uh, PTK Blam, Fuzzy, and myself, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Show up. The best way to end your Saturday night, guaranteed. Otherwise, Pong Soul Xbox, Pong Soul Twitter. It's the golden age of gaming, people. Play what you love. Love what you play, and I'm going to talk to you all real, real soon. Thanks again, Fonz, for everything. No, no problem. Uh, I've got to have Steel Rain on sometime, too. Yeah, you should, I think man. he'd be a great guest. He is. You guys are He's good full energy, man. Sure. Oh, Thank yeah, yes. I've, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, real quick, uh, before I let you guys go, um, no, never mind. I'm going to save that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and save that. Anyways, uh, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, shout out to Boss Mod, Lethal Papa, and the rest of the moderators who hold it down here every week. Appreciate you guys. Um, and until next time, guys, game on.